So here we go. Welcome to Non-Duality. I'm Jerry Katz. It's June 12th, 2017. My guest is Mark Marshall. Mark lives in a small village in the French Pyrenees, where he and his partner run holiday apartments out of an old renovated farmhouse. Mark is a musician and a composer, and also he's a guide providing direct pointing to the nature of reality. Welcome, Mark. Hi. How, how did you how did you stumble into non-duality in the first place? That's always a good place to start. Yeah. Um, that's a really interesting question to start with. Um, I suppose the question will be, how did I ever stumble out of it? <laughs> Looking back on that. Um, um stumble into the word non-duality might be kind of more might be interesting <laughs> um yeah. because when i look back at the whole thing nothing nothing that i can look back on in the entire lifetime has ever been outside of this uh and every experience has kind of contributed to it and um but actually consciously of that of that term was um about uh, seven, six years ago when I was a bit concerned about my son who was smoking some hallucinogenics in America. And, um, and I was interested to know what he was reading and at that time because we were often reading interesting stuff. And I thought, well, whatever he's reading, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it and find out whether it's recommending taking yeah. dodgy substances. So he was reading two books. He was reading a book by Alfred North Whitehead, which is a very involved philosophical tome. And he was reading something by Alan Watts. So I hastily got onto, um, you know, one of the online book depositories and got and, and, and got a second-hand copy of each and started tr- devouring them and um, and kind of got hooked on on Alan Watts at that at that moment. So I started to become aware of that as a concept at that time as as, a, as the, the, the what people call non-duality. Um, so that was in 2011-ish, I suppose. Um, that's interesting because people will often start with kind of more of an intellectual approach, although I don't know if you can totally separate mm. the intellectual from the experiential, but there tends mm. to be a leaning of one towards the other. Um, and of course, yeah. Watts is one of the best. So so what happened after that? Well, the thing was, alongside of that was happening something that was far from intellectual. I think... Um, I'd had all sorts of problems with relationships in my families and drama and anguish, um, I suppose, around um, me questioning my sexuality and coming out as gay from around 2000. And it got worse and worse. I wasn't where I, I perceived that they I perceived myself as a victim and misunderstood by the family. And um, my mum wouldn't have myself and Fred to stay in their house with her new husband after my dad died and so it kind of got very anguished for me so I'd got this kind of counterpoint going along all the time to you know wondering what how how has life come to this sort of thing um just by kind of being true to who I am and what have you so there was a lot of anguish going on and also um, I'm not referring to the son I was mentioning but there was some someone in our family who was very close to me who had become addicted we suspected to heavy drugs and whose life was in question so there was this also playing along so there's some really kind of some sort of um heavy kind of stuff going on so um a feeling of responsibility a feeling of fear a feeling of wanting things to be different um wanting vindication somehow understanding was going on so there was that there and then there was this studying of 
this for a start off it was stuff like being in the moment and then it was um kind of av- we, av- both fred and i avidly consumed everything we could find on um first of all mindfulness and then non-duality um the one moment where it's oh my god fred i think i might be becoming a hindu <laughs> um i didn't realize that was this um and I'd start, but in retrospect, what what was more likely happening was I was like being sucked into some kind of black hole by life, or or digested into something. Um, I felt I was seeking something, but at a certain point, um, I I sat there. In fact, my my the same son who recommended the books was reading I Am That by Nisargadatta, and one summer, Fred and I um, of 2012, we both gave up our, our work that we got, our regular work, paid work, and I said, I just want to sit here and find out what this is all about, and I sat reading that book on a, on a, a mat all day long, and at a certain point, I thought, this is doomed, because um, whatever it is that is seeking something here is a, self, is a separate self, it's an ego how can that ever come to anything? And and inside, um, I I heard the thought or the voice or something like this that was ah that's if that's what's happening. What if you're being sucked? What if you're being caught? What if you're being fished? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that kind of changed everything um, for me, and um, it became less of a, a kind of a struggle and a strife, and just sort of staying with what was happening and allowing it to happen. Um, so it unfolded like that, and then later in 2012, um, we came across a, a, an internet site for direct pointing guiding and um, asked for a guide there, um, and and it sort of confirmed what was being seen and what was being experienced. And at a certain moment when I woke up and I, and I, I kind of realized that this is all that is known. I don't even know if yesterday is real. I don't know if tomorrow is real. I don't know the view beyond what I can see outside that window is real. There was just a sense of the immediacy of, um, of just this experience. Uh, even the construct that I had thought of as me, the description of me and my story, I couldn't find that actually in my experience, only as kind of deductions, conjecture, memories, only in the mind, only in the level of thought. And that was certainly a break, you know, breakthrough there, which changed everything. Lots of little kind of breakthroughs along the way. You know, some people seem to talk in terms of this sort of lottery win, sort of realization, uh, or, 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 you know, hitting the jackpot. But for me, it seems more often and certainly seen the case with me that it's a bit more like um, a ship gradually turning uh, course, turning direction, maybe 180 degrees, or, or a bit like an, a, a huge iceberg that is gradually dropping bits of itself into the ocean and gradually melting into the ocean. There may be sudden sudden jolts and sudden realizations and uh, and what have you, but but there's also a process, quite a traumatic process actually in many ways, which. I think takes usually several years for that to for that to uh, that changing of direction to happen, and it's going on through our lives. In, in you know, from from my perspective, and it's interesting and important to note that it's ongoing. It's an ongoing thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a great story. Well, really. looking back, you see, even then, people heading to the east for for gurus and stuff. But when I look back, at eighteen, I became a born again Christian, and I was at Oxford at the time, and and I thought people here will have all the answers to this stuff, but I found lots of people who were who were uh, got their heads in books and and reasoning things, but nothing really satisfied. And then I met this group of people in rural Derbyshire in the north of England um, of Christians, and um, where they were kind of sitting around with guitars, and they were either crying or dancing or laughing. Um, and a guy there called Bill, who was a dye worker. These were really simple people. And but but when he was in the room, there was this sense of just this presence and this total total acceptance that I would say was completely life-changing. So um, so interesting, this notion of, of gurus and what have you, but that seemed to sow something in me that, that had this notion of presence and total, the absence of non-acceptance of anything. Uh, and yet it was in a Christian, what we call a Christian setting, very far from what you know many people think of as being where realization happens. Um, and maybe something there was stored up. In fact, you know, it feels as though it, it may well have been. Um, for later on you know we we sort of undergo these initiations i mean it's more than it's something deeper than just an impression or a good memory it's something that's yeah. kind of uh almost as a cellular effect and uh, then we may not be that conscious of it but then it uh you know it emerges at certain times yeah and and its uh, significance becomes realized so yeah. how about for you jerry how did you stumble upon non-duality yeah um i mean since i was a kid i was interested in just the fact that here i am i'm aware and that always just interested mm. me uh -huh. and then as i got older i just had to deal with uh, more worldly things going to school and stuff but when that stuff never gave any satisfaction i went back to looking back at um, the nature of awareness itself when i was around 25 so uh -huh. um I explored it in terms of I am, the I am. Mm -hmm. And um, I spent a couple of years just intensively just looking at everything as I am until I didn't have to do that anymore. So everything was just I am. Mm. Um, you know, then some years later, even that just sort of dissolves. So now um, at one point I encountered the word non-duality and that word, when I heard it, it was kind of like that guy you met at the, Christian church it just uh, yeah. resonated in a way it, it held a presence it yeah. it um, imparted a kind of initiation something in me changed and I knew I had to pursue that word so I did and somehow it led to internet conversations on the topic of non-duality with the yeah. purpose of making non-duality friendly and approachable and accessible rather than a word or a term or a teaching that was mainly restricted to departments of religious studies or to uh, the ashrams of powerful gurus. So my objective was to take that word and just put it out there onto people's kitchen tables and just make it ordinary, which yeah. uh, to some degree that's been, uh, that's been done. People know are very familiar with the word. Cool. Yeah. So I always felt the word was was important. That's kind of my. So story. maybe I'm, maybe I've got you to thank for knowing about non-duality. You and Alan Watts, maybe. You know, Alan but Watts. Used, he doesn't really use that. He hardly uses that term, though, does he? He used it. I know in the book. I uh, saw it once in the book. Uh, um, it's called the book, right? The, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the book on the taboo of knowing who you yeah. are. 
I think he uses it there once, and he probably uses it in his other books, but not extensively. Mm. It's just like no. in passing. Yeah. Um, and other people might have used it, but in popular writings, rather than academic, it, it's always been very rare, very rare, yeah. almost unnoticeable. Yeah. Um, so that's, been, that's kind of my story. But uh, mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, now, you're, um, you're a guide, so you do work as a guide. Well, we can call it, call it that. Goodness knows what's going on there, really. Um, I hesitate to apply that label to myself. Um, but yeah, I've, I've worked in that way, accompanying people. Yeah. Kind yeah. of my way of paying it forward, I suppose. Yeah. That's what, how it feels. What do you like or not like about that? Um, oh, thank you. Um, well, there's a sense, what happens if, um, if it comes up to guide, if somebody, um, says there's a need or, or comes to our forum for example that there's a, there either is or isn't a sense of sort of compassion or reaching out to that person that's what that's what it's felt and then from there on in for me it's really a learning process because I, I i'm watching what feelings come up here firsthand rather than a person with a problem or something secondhand i'm looking at what's actually coming up here um and and just really offering questions to the other person. So it's like a voyage of exploration, but for me, not just for the other person. So I find it enormously enriching, uh, no matter where it goes. And sometimes, you know, one needs to let go of the expectation that it's going to lead in any particular, to, to any particular goal. Um, so, um, so it sounds like the way to understand where a person's coming from is to, is for you to feel it in yourself. Yeah, it's a bit like that Ho'oponopono prayer that the um, the, the doctor in the Hawaiian clinic yeah. had. You know, you know where he where he was full of he was losing staff and and because his clinic was going so badly, his mental health patients etc. was also violent in there. And he went into he was going into his office just saying um, sort of sort of praying to don't know to who. Um, uh, I love you. I'm so sorry. Thank you. And uh, and just embracing, kind of, not the person in in person, but just um, his surroundings or his his projection of that person. And so there's a lot of that kind of goes on for me in guiding. That um, it's a relationship with something much more immediate than an apparent person who may be on the other side of the world. Um, and it can be mm. quite an intimate through it. Some really good. Friendships have emerged actually over over time, which is also another thing I love about it. Because obviously, question: What do you enjoy about it? Um, yeah, yeah. There's often something going on intellectually, and people often come wanting this sort of, especially in the internet age. And I think this is a danger, really, of or a downside of um, of online forums and the guiding forums, of which there are, I know there are a couple. And, and we have one, is that people can have this notion that, okay, on the way to work, I'm going to pick up a sandwich and a coffee. I'm going to grab a coffee. And then I'm going to grab awakening. I'm going to grab a quick saying from that, song, that, that quote. And if I just concentrate on it, it'll just, I'll just get this thing. Um, where it's in my experience that, that really this sort of um, awakening or realization is not about getting this thing. It's about losing. Everything is being lost, if anything. Um, and so 
there's an, often an emphasis on what's actually being felt in the, for, for, in the questioning, what's actually being felt in this moment, and what resistances might be coming up. Not just the head knowledge, trying to grasp this, trying to understand this, but actually looking at what doesn't want to see this, what actually wants the status quo to continue in the comfort zones, and where there's a real hunger it's a bit like a fruit that's really ripe on, on a branch. There's, it, there's real hunger to get this. There's an appetite, and that brings with it a will. It tips the balance of willingness to, you know, to look at things that I'm shit scared of, um, or face my my ghosts and my, my my specters in the closet. Then, then we're really talking. Yeah. How much? Just let me clarify, because yeah. when you're in, you know, you're in a tune or however you want to word that with yeah. someone that you're guiding. Yeah. Um, and maybe the word guiding has already been dropped by then. You're just using that to yeah. advertise or to identify yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're in this relationship and how much then of your sensitivity is, um, is embodied, is felt in the body itself. Yeah, well it is. And sometimes pictures and images come up as well. Um, that, I, I've, over time, I've learned to listen to those and watch those, but there is, yeah, there is a thing going on here in the body. It is, it is felt. It's true. But I've got to say to you, um, Jerry, that there's not in guiding. There's not a person that's got it and a person that's not got it. Um, where you know, if only can get this person to see more, which takes us into this situation of a, of a school staff room where the teachers sit around bemoaning the fact that their students you know aren't learning better which i find you know hilarious i used to work, work you know teaching piano in a school for a while and i had to stay out of staff rooms for that reason um because mm. what what we see is that if there's something not being got i don't need to look any further than right here um what what is wrong with this moment felt right here who is it that believes there's something out there that needs to get something or needs to, something needs to be different you know so it's it, it's a it's a beautiful teacher you know the, the whole process is a lovely um leveler there's also this sort of shadow boxing thing with myself that's what i'm saying that is all happening right here there's that aspect of it. this kind of fractal um um thing happening that it, it's this everything is contained the whole not only is every piece contained in the whole but but the whole is contained in every piece so i don't need to look further away from right here um and it's up to life what life is doing um beyond that if anything how can i know the, the um bread and butter of what happens it might be um asking questions or giving little exercises to do and looking in this moment in the direct experience it often it involves separating out all thought commentary and contents and and um, interpretation and beliefs and assumptions that we live with every day normally and saying are those actually true and looking at the actual experience of what is experienced um, which if we pair keep pairing that back that we find out that's actually ultimately is unnameable even if I say it's my fingers rubbing against my fingers I've applied the label of fingers um, and my. Uh, I, I really, I don't actually know what's going on there. Of course, but in normal life, of course, we act as though we do know. Um, so we're separating out the the um, mental assumptions that we live with day by day and going beneath that, the actual what is being experienced. So the exercises tend to be around that and the questions tend to be around that. Hmm. And, and so what can um, transpire or happen can be that turnaround that you experienced yourself 
yeah. who were, you know, getting it into Sargadada and all that, and things just sort of turned around for yeah, you. So absolutely. you're 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 in some way you're able to now to to impart that. Or, although again, I'm sure you don't see yourself as you know getting up no. in the morning and now I got to impart <clears> this <throat> stuff. It's just all part of. Imp- um, no. Yeah. Right. I think if if somebody gets that, they get this themselves. It's not a thing that's being imparted. They, uh, if when I got this, it was ready. It was just life brought all the apparent characters and and the words and the to me. But it was just something just dropped. Yeah, and that's what happens if someone's ready. They're ready. It's um, it's not nothing. I don't feel it's something that that I impart. Uh, and there's nothing that I know actually. I, I wanted to say this at the beginning of this conversation, which um, I wouldn't say there's anything. That, um, in fact, one of the, the, the studies that Fred and I sat with for a while as part of our own investigation is it, what do we know for certain? Um, and the more time goes on, anything that I thought, well, I might know that for certain, <laughs> um, none of that yeah. really applies. I don't know anything for certain. So that's quite a nice leveler for everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So even everything I'm sharing with you now, these are not formulas that I know to be correct. These are just kind of discoveries, uh, interim findings. Um, for me, we're all groping, and I certainly am groping in the direction of, of towards something. Um, it, there's not a case of certainties for me. Um, I, I and think, in fact, yeah, yeah go on. I mean, you, I yeah. mean, the dynamic of the interview is, is nice because it's me trying a little bit to separate things. You know, to identify you here and there to talk about imparting, which implies separation. Yeah. And then you're coming back and just making it very clear that none of that's really going on. Um, mm. Or that labeling isn't necessary. Um, so that's a nice dynamic. Yeah. People can see. Uh, mm. Worth important to point out, I think. Otherwise, it'll be an interview of one person struggling to, um, you know, to, to offer one point of view and the other correcting it or not correcting it as much as you know maintaining yeah. their, their point of view and the two never and really you, see yes with, and you raise a really important point eye. because what can you hear me still yeah go ahead yeah i think you raise a really important point because what i in my experience so far what can happen is on seeing through illusion what can happen after that is a sort of spiritual teenagership where everything is just absolute and um but there's no self here, right? So there's nobody here who needs to do that, okay? And so, and it can and it can become a mindy uh, blanking out of feelings that are coming up and of other things that are happening. Um, where there's a whole process goes on, which for me is not just in the mind and the brain. It's also to do with the heart and the whole body thing. Um, kind of root and branch um, digestion or overhaul or something. Um, with, which involves a kind of a softening, not just this hardening into a stance of, of this absolutist approach, which could happen from the things I'm saying to you, but there's nobody there to guide. Um, you know, we could come out with these sort of cold, granite-like statements. Um, but there's a whole other thing going on about um, a softening and a kind of a warming and realizing that life doesn't actually, I can't find a malevolent side in life, for example. Um, that's quite kind of humbling and quite warming. And um, uh, as part of what happened to me, I had, you know, breakthroughs in, in I'd been stuck over forgiving a family member who had, had sexually abused, messed around with me when I was a kid, um, repeatedly. And I was stuck on what to do. But one of the first things that was seen was that 
hang on, that is nothing what, like what it seems to me. And the whole thing seemed to soften and, and the healing wasn't even, or forgiveness wasn't even an appropriate word. The thing wasn't actually what it seemed to be. Nothing was harmed, was it, really? You know, the whole other side of that was seen. So there's a whole healing aspect. For me, there's a whole healing aspect of this as well as just a seeing aspect. Mm-hmm. So that, Do- that's the two sides of the absolutist thing and then the actual, you know, the, the day-to-day applications of, of how life works. Some uh, teachers, guides, gurus, sages come from uh, kind of a militaristic point of view where they are telling you what to do and what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, that's just part of the uh, the variety of teachers, guides, sages, gurus. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, some of these gurus are voting for Trump. You know, I mean, they believe in that black and white dualistic way of looking at non-duality. Yeah. Um, they're of the point of view that's like you know, sit down, shut up, and listen to what I tell you to do. And, um, and that's actually valid for the people who need that approach. Have yeah. you encountered that much, uh, or what do you think of that? I suppose what the, one that makes me think of is is in other, the other online um, forum that I was involved with, the guiding forum, because it's online and it and it deals with words typed. You often people often get into formulae of. Um, of certain statements, for example, um, the guiding is to see that there is no real inherent self, and so and people can start trotting these out and start it become become like a painting by numbers formula. Whereas, and, and I think fine, that's all part of the play of life. But but for me, all of the any statement that is as a dogmatic um, assertion also has a counterpart of the opposite so with that one if you said there is no real inherent self you could also say you could also equally say maybe that there is nothing but a real inherent there's only everything is is the self you know you could look at an opposite so i think it can be come tempting to hang on certain statements and truths um which kind of reduce the openness to actual exploration in this moment and, and become pegged on certainty. So that, that's what that brings to my mind as you say that. I, I can't think of any gurus that are militaristic. <laughs> it doesn't really appeal to me. I, could I really could. But, um, okay. Um, okay. Talking yeah. here to Mark Marshall. Mark, tell us then about your – you have your own group, your own Facebook group and website. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Sure. Um, it's um, – called nondualityforum.com and we started it quite recently as um, a place to explore awakening and awakened living and so it's I couldn't find anywhere around on the internet for this Um, the aim is really to allow um, a sort of community or a meeting place for people who a who would want to be guided um, but probably more importantly that for for people where there's been a seeing and a collapse and, and this change of life and this awakening is, is happening and they would like to share with other people um, and explore together and, and um, often in, a, in one's area, you know, there might be like nobody for miles, but when you go on the internet, there's a possibility of meeting people like that. And then, and then the third aspect would be that I found that 
in the years that follow, new interests can kind of, new curiosities can spring up um, that weren't there before. For example, eating patterns may change, or it might be an interest in how the world is being run, or how the off-world is being run, and uh, or, or in my case, permaculture uh, has begun to interest me. And um, so it, it, to be able to share together in those those sort of topics uh, for those who are interested of course for somebody it wouldn't apply to all of those things wouldn't apply to every person but but i found these sort of some of these interests can spring up so it's it's gives some places for those to be explored together so um so it's it's allow a sort of a meeting place for those things and and the aim is for it not just to be online typing that we have online video meetups together and um some chats and to try and make it as personal as possible for those who wish uh, also for some people there's a, a, a kind of um or we're working on this a, a recovery kind of program because i think one interesting model of the of the whole awakening and uh, realization phenomenon would be seeing it as a recovery from um a self or a self a pained self or um a poor me self or a not good enough self so um so seeing through and walking away from some of those habits that have um kind of compounded this sense of this stuck self so for some people we're offering that sort of um, program to work like that and this often works with people who have actually been in some sort of addiction which was really a, a kind of a, an offshoot of a deeper addiction which is this um, stuckness in some aspect of self not being okay so yeah so various aspects of that to share um, and explore together yeah thank you mark i think we've given people a good background about yourself the nature of your teaching and how they could go further into your, uh, into your teaching and how to access it through your website, non-duality, uh, nonduality.forum.com. You're a guy who has a lot of interests. You mentioned permaculture. You're, you're a musician. You've been a concert yeah. musician. You yeah. have a lot of things going on. People can find out, find those things out about you yeah. by getting to know you, and I think people I think people will, uh, will want to. So... Is there anything else that you wanted to say briefly before we... Yeah, the, just just one thing that occurs to me is that what seems to register strongly with me is that this is not about some special person teaching other people. No, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a guru. It's about like a groundswell of ordinary people um, that are sharing together. There's no haves and have nots. It's not like that. Um, people reach out to, uh, um, I saw you mentioning in a Facebook post that, quote, that people have to quote famous people and, and feel safe or, or, or whatever they feel by doing that. But we're looking actually at it happening here, not quoting other people, not looking to some famous speaker to come in, but just normal, ordinary people sharing together. It does happen to ordinary people, actually. Yeah, thank you very much. I've been talking to Mark Marshall. Mark's website is nondualityforum.com. About his work, Mark writes, Life is one whole unbroken flow, despite appearances to the contrary. Vibrant, free, ultimately indescribable. Some traditions call it the natural state, others wholeness, and still others emptiness. That is what we explore here. We question all separation, including 
this individual. Mark writes, all resistance is examined until separation is seen through. And that's pretty much what you've been saying uh, mm. in, the, in the course of this interview. And that's from your website, which is really, really, people want to contact you, go through nondualityforum.com and talk to, you know, talk, you know, Mark, you're a great guy to talk to because you can see you're really Thanks, not holding yeah. on to anything. And people can just be free within within your presence, being whatever we're talking about here. So if you'd like, if you'd like to, you're welcome. If you'd like to be guided, again, the word guide is just used. If you'd like to be in touch with Mark, go to nondualityforum.com. Thank you, Mark. Cheers, Jerry. You've been listening to Nonduality. I'm Jerry Katz.